Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast, session number 59. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. Welcome to the MCAT Podcast. My name, as always, is Dr. Ryan Gray. Hasn't changed since we started this almost 60 episodes ago. I would love for you to check out all of the podcasts that we do at mededmedia.com. Today, we're going to dive into some physics discrete questions. All right, Brian, let's get back into some actual questions, this time diving into discrete physics questions for the MCAT. Physics is was probably my favorite subject as a pre-med. I don't know if that's weird or not. Where did physics lie on the, on the scale for you? Um, it was my favorite and it is my favorite to teach, um, as an actual MCAT student myself, I was kind of indifferent to it. Um, but yeah, I, I love teaching the physics because, you know, it gives me a chance to gesticulate wildly and throw (laughs) things and, um, you know, it, it's nice sometimes to to be able to do problems that are actually grounded in the real world in a way where when you're talking about like G-protein coupled receptors or biochemistry, it can be kind of abstract, right? Yeah. Okay. E- even though that is real world. <laughs> it's just Sorry, yeah. Much no, smaller. But, <laughs> right. You, but, but what does it actually mean? It, it, like you're looking at little bands on a gel <laughs> or you're looking at a 128 well little micro pipette fed something, something, which is very different from saying, like, okay, now imagine you're in a swimming pool, right? Yep. All right. So uh, we talked a little while ago about how to actually break down questions and the the number one place you said to start is actually read the question. And so because these are discrete, that is the first thing that we're doing. And I, I think moving on, in the past when we had when we've had passages, we haven't been reading the question first, which I think maybe we should start doing in the podcast. Mm-hmm. But um because these are discrete, that's what we are going to read first. So if you are listening to this in your car, washing dishes, exercising, whatever, and you want to actually uh, download the handout, go to the mcatpodcast.com, find the show notes page for this podcast, and you can download the handout right there. So question 16, I'll go ahead and start here. A scientist uses an ultrasound device mounted to a vehicle to measure fluid flow underground. The device makes use of the Doppler effect to track fluid movement in the water table. Which of the following scenarios is most likely to produce a readable Doppler shift? Number one, the fluid is flowing at a velocity 
twice that of the sound emitting device in the same direction as the device is moving. The fluid is flowing at the same velocity and in the same direction as the sound emitting device. Uh, number three, the fluid is not moving at all. So Doppler effect. So I just love Doppler effect because I'm a huge Big Bang fan. And Sheldon <laughs> okay. Cooper loves the Doppler effect. Like he dressed up as the Doppler effect to go to a costume party, which was awesome. <laughs> the example we usually use is the ambulance. Yeah. Right? So if the ambulance it's loud is coming at you, you and then well, yeah. it's not loud, it's high pitched. High pitched. OK. High pitched coming towards you. And then as soon as it moves past you, it becomes low pitched. OK. Yeah. Explain that because the, the waves are more compressed coming at you. Right, exactly. So the, the sound, of course, is a wave. Uh, and when the vehicle is moving towards you, the, the high points of the wave or the low points gets all crunched up. And with a shorter wavelength, that's a higher pitch, a uh, higher frequency, which the human brain perceives as a higher pitch. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So with that in mind, looking at these answers, Number one, fluid flowing twice the velocity of that of the sound-emitting device in the same direction as the device is moving, right? So that kind of sounds like the ambulance. The sound is uh, going in the same direction the ambulance is going. Right, right and coming at you, yeah. And coming at you, yep. Mm -hmm. um, the fluid is flowing at the same velocity and in the same direction as the sound-emitting device. Um... So to me, that, that the way that reads is that the sound's not escaping the sound-emitting device. Is that? Right. Well, so if two things, I mean, just imagine two cars driving in the same direction at 40 miles an hour. They're relative to each other. They're not moving at all. Right? So th there's not going to be any kind of Doppler shift if everybody is flowing in the same direction at the same speed. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so no, Roman numeral two is out, yep. which now that lets us eliminate choices C and D. Yep, so C and D uh, is one and two, one, two, and three. And so we kind of said already that number one sounded right, which mm -hmm. is A, um, and so three, the fluid is not moving at all. Um, doesn't make sense because you need movement to have that Doppler effect, correct? Right, exactly, there you go. So Roman numeral one. All right, mm -hmm. <laughs> we got there. There you go. <laughs> Uh, okay, I'll read the next one, number 18. Presbyopia is diagnosed when the lens of the eye focuses incoming light rays to a position between the retina and the choroid. Which type of lens should be placed in front of the eye to focus light on the retina and correct this condition? So presbyopia, or farsightedness, as opposed to myopia, nearsightedness, what kind of lens do you need to correct farsightedness? Um, Ryan, do you know this one? Uh, not off the top of my head, but mm -hmm. I might be able to break it down through the answers. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so, yeah, our answers here are flat, spherical, diverging, converging. Yeah, so flat doesn't make sense because then it it wouldn't do anything to where the the focal point is. Mm, that's just a, a window, right? A pane yeah. of glass. Yeah, <laughs> so flat is out. Yeah, spherical. Uh, last time I looked, glasses aren't spherical. <laughs> um, right. Although the word spherical does have a, a particular meaning with respect to lenses, but that doesn't actually tell you what 
kind of correcting lens it is. So both C and D, diverging and converging, could be spherical lenses. Okay. Uh, but So it doesn't actually directly answer yeah. the question. Right? Okay. Yeah, and so diverging, converging, that's those are the kind of terms when, when I hear... Uh, lenses. That's what I remember back back a long time ago. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it's funny, uh, man. Never mind. I I won't get into it right now. Um, with how long I've been out of school. Uh, so diverging in in my mind means it's separating, and mm-hmm. therefore furthering the point at to where the the light is being uh, focused on, which mm-hmm. is what we want here because it's it's um, happening too soon mm-hmm. with President right. well, Yeah, so the, that's actually, uh, okay. So, Ryan, you've got exactly the right answer, but the MCAT is looking for you to go the other way, where myopia, right, in the case of myopia, the light is getting focused to, the light rays are getting focused together too soon, like before you even make it to the retina. So in myopia, you fix that with a diverging lens. Uh-huh. And with presbyopia, so the right answer here is deconverging. Okay, so, so. This, this is a multi-step. So, so you, you listening can, can hear how much I've forgotten of, of uh, the eye anatomy. So you have to know eye anatomy to answer this. Yeah, although actually the MCAT, because um, sensation and perception is considered a part of bio, it's on the psych section, and bio is technically on both the chem phys and bio-biochem sections, you actually want to walk in with this fact already in your head. Myopia is nearsightedness, which is corrected with a diverging lens, and presbyopia or farsightedness is corrected with a converging lens. But the the point though it, that I was trying to make is that mm-hmm. the myopia is the focus is before the retina and right. the presbyopia is focus after the retina. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So I was able to get to the the wrong answer but my thinking was solid because I was thinking that in this case it was before the retina. Mm-hmm. and not after right yep so just one and that and that's you know this is so emblematic of the new mcat right is that you got to know bio you got to know physics you got to know a little bit about you know just kind of all these different disciplines that can come together in what otherwise looks like a pretty simple discrete question okay so presbyopia converging mm-hmm. pc you got to be pc in today's day and age <laughs> there you go <laughs> and and md hey there you go. You're going for the MD for myopia and diverging. All right. Uh, question 19. Light inside the thin glass tube of a laparoscopic surgical device strikes the edge of the glass tube and is entirely reflected back into the tube with none of the light exiting to the surrounding medium. Which of the following must be true? And I don't even know how to say these answers. Is that theta? Yeah, so, so right, you got theta incident is 90 degrees. Uh, is that how you say that? Theta mm-hmm. incident? Theta incident mm-hmm. is zero degrees. Theta incident is greater than or equal to the theta critical value. Mm-hmm. And uh, D, theta refracted value is equal to theta incident. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, so the, the phenomenon, we, well, let's go back to the question, right? So the phenomenon here is what they call total internal reflection. 
So light striking the inside of a glass tube and reflecting inside the tube itself is I mean, it's the entire basis of fiber optics. It's it's how you're listening to this podcast right now. You know, that fiber optic cable winding the whole world together in the Internet. Um, and so in order to get what we call total internal reflection, the the key issue is that every medium, glass, water, plastic, I mean, whatever, has a certain what they call critical angle. And the nice thing about the MCAT is you can get full credit for partial knowledge, right? Because if you remember, oh, right, fiber optics, that critical angle thing so that the light just bounces around inside the tube. But I don't remember any of the math. I don't remember the equation. All I remember is the word critical angle. Well, Ryan, if, if that was all you remembered, what would you pick as the right answer? Um, if all I remember is critical, the only one that mentions critical is C. Yeah, that's it. And literally that's the right answer, <laughs> right? None of the other answer choices give you any relationship relative to the critical angle. So just remembering that fact is enough to get you that just remembering that word is enough to get you the right answer here. Okay, good. Easy. Mm-hmm. All right. Last one, 31. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll go ahead and read that one. A certain type of tissue is sensitive to radiation with damage the tissue receives directly proportional to charge on the irradiating particle. Damage directly proportional to charge. Which of the following radiation types will cause the least damage? Gamma, positron, beta, alpha. So, least damage if damage is proportional to charge. So Ryan, what do you think we're gonna do with this question? You're gonna to have to figure out the charges of each of these particles. Exactly, so there's that recall element. You yeah. need to know the charges of all the physics um, particles here. And specifically, since they want the least damage, you want the least charge. Mm -hmm. And of course, you should walk into the test knowing an alpha particle has a charge of plus two, a beta particle has a charge of either plus one or minus one, depending on the type of beta particle it is. A positron is just a beta plus charge, so positron is plus one. Uh, and then finally, the right answer to this question is choice A, gamma particle, because a gamma particle is just a very high energy photon, so it has no charge at all. Okay. So if you remember listening back to our flashcard episode, everything that Brian just covered there are great flashcards, right? Alpha mm -hmm. is plus two, beta is whatever you said, positron, whatever, beta plus one. Uh, those are great individual flashcards, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Any other thoughts before we wrap this one up? Um. You know, n no other than just to reiterate the point we were making back at question number 18 here, which is even on physics, which seems to be the most kind of like independent of the sciences, you know, it doesn't seem to tie into biochem or chem or bio as much. But what we saw answering almost all of these questions, except for maybe number 19, was there is still this kind of clinical biological lab based uh, lens. And, and for those of you listening to the podcast, of course, you're, you're savvy MCAT preppers. So you know that even something as abstract as physics, you got to be able to think about it uh, through the lens of the kind of biological sciences. All right. So there you have it. Breaking down some physics questions, showing you how much I don't remember or how much I don't, yeah, how much I don't remember about the MCAT and the content. But 
I would love for you to go check out nextsteptestprep.com. If I had to do my MCAT test prep all over again, I would go to Next Step, choose a one-on-one tutor. You may not be interested in a one-on-one tutor, though. Maybe you want to take a a self-paced course. Guess what? Next Step has one. And for what they give you in it, the 100-plus hours of videos, live office hours five times a week, and access to their books and their full-length tests and so much more for the price that they offer it at, it's a steal. It's a huge bargain, so much value with such a small price tag compared to the other test prep companies out there. And you get to save some money using the specific coupon code for this podcast, MCATPOD, that's all capital letters, M-C-A-T-P-O-D, save some money. Go check it out at nextstepmcat.com. That's the specific link for the MCAT course that they have to offer. Go check them out, MCAT course at nextstepmcat.com. I hope this episode was helpful for you. Next week, we're going to come back with a grab bag of content questions for you. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.